In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, we are talking today about a call to relationship. Okay, now that's a formal way of saying exactly what. Well, now you'll just have to listen to the show. But first of all, I have to share the funniest story um, yesterday that took place in Starbucks. But first, can I interrupt you and say we want to welcome everybody to Girlfriend at Radio? Well, certainly you can interrupt. (laughs) That was was pretty significant and important. I know, because we want to welcome people so they know who they're listening to, which this is Patty and Lisa. Um, I'm ready for your funny story now. Okay, well, you're a part of this funny story, as usual. So we're... Having a meeting in Starbucks, because that really is our, our number one favorite. I know this story. Place. Yes, you do. And um, we're sitting there, and you kind of lean forward at the table and say, should I tell that woman over there that she <laughs> has the tag, the size taped all down her leg of her darling, darling, white jean, like capris and a matching jean jacket. I mean, she was cuter than fruit. And it was so comical. Comical was our temperaments. Is that well, and I was not asking like as in permission. I was asking because I process out loud, which you always make me realize how much I do process out loud, which I I must just be obnoxious with that. But anyway, I was, I was processing out loud because I see this and I'm mortified for her because I can only imagine because it's, I mean, the price tag is bad enough, but when it's your size going down your leg for a woman. And so I go up to her and of course you're sitting well, there on your if face. I, if I was a size zero, zero, I would probably, I, <laughs> I would too. That, that is true. True story. So I go up to her and I kind of put my arm around her and I said, I know you don't know me, but we're girlfriends. And from one girlfriend to the other, uh, you might want to look down your pant leg because you have your size displayed. And I, I said, they must, obviously they're new pants and they're darling. <laughs> they, they were darling. But it was so funny because you're over here asking me, should I tell this lady that she has the size of her jeans down her leg? And I am as fast as I can because I'm trying to call my dentist because I'm having issues and I need to get back into the dentist. And last week we talked about my, my teeth issues and I'm still having them. And, and so I couldn't get out of my, my phone numbers and get to my camera fast enough because that was the funniest picture to take. You know, she's I standing in line. But I couldn't take the picture because you went to her too quickly. And by then she could not get that tape off fast enough. Oh, she was ripping it to to shred on her leg. <laughs> and then, so at this point, now I'm calling the dentist office and a woman answers the phone 
And it was so loud in there because at this point where everybody's laughing really hard. And I said, you know, this is Patty. I need to get in to see Dr. Robinson. And I'm going through my whole spiel. And she interrupts me and says, okay, you guys are having way too much fun there. Where are you? And so I proceed to tell her this whole story and she's howling and I'm howling. And, and now I'm walking outside so I can actually hear who I'm talking to. And she said, well, just so you know, this isn't the dentist office. <laughs> <laughs> but your story was so funny, I wanted to hear the rest of it. So apparently I had misdialed by one number. By one number. But and, you gave somebody a great, a great had giggle. A, I had a day. new girlfriend on the phone. Which, <laughs> and I had a new girlfriend in line at Starbucks, too. Because it was so funny, she kept coming over and hugging me. She'd go, make her drink order, come back, giggle, hug me. and then So we bonded. It was, it was a bonding moment. And a girlfriend to girlfriend gets that. And so sometimes laughter is that call to relationship. But um, today we are talking about the, the call to relationship, the one that God is truly seeking us and calling us for that relationship. And I know, Lise, you just got back from Egypt. And I, I, when I was in Egypt, one thing that just blew me away is when you're walking down the streets and your call to relationship literally happens over the PA. I mean, all of a sudden you're just walking and people will turn in the right also direction. Also known as the call to prayer in that <laughs> yes. culture. Yes, it is amazing because no matter where you are in the city, we were in Cairo, um, at, I think it's like five times a day, they have the call to prayer over the loud loudspeaker. And you hear it in the entire city. And it's oh, like yeah, at you, four in the morning. Yeah, and even, it's like, I was going to say, when you're sleeping, all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I think that wasn't good. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, in, in all respect, it was, um, you could almost set your, your well, you can. You, you can, can set, set your clock yes. to it, yes. But it, but you know what was cool about it? It does make you realize just that people really, you know, it, I love that they're they're committed to to really making sure they have prayer in their life. Well, and it would speak volumes if we had the same mm-hmm. thing. It's, I that, thought the same thing. What if spiritual we discipline. set our clocks every day, certain times ago, to remind us of what's important, which is to pray. And prayer is one of those things because it doesn't scream for our attention. And God is not screaming at us that it's easy to kind of dismiss uh, that significant part of our relationship with God, which is prayer, which is just talking, communicating. Um, so it was a great reminder on one hand to just realize that, um, gosh, we need to, sometimes we need, we can learn a lot from that and go forward. Well, we want to introduce our first guest today because Sheila Jones is somebody who, who is passionate about prayer. And, um, and she has dedicated a lot of her life and, and just um, learning effective ways to prayer and, and not making prayer just a, an afterthought or a, a just a, something to tag in. But Sheila is a, is a pastor's wife. She's a mother. She's a teacher. And she's an author. Her book, In the Garden, is designed to, to guide the reader to the presence of God through prayer and the Word. And she touches lives through speaking at conferences, retreats, her publications, and her blogs. So, Sheila, we want to welcome you today to Girlfriend at Radio. How are you? Sheila's very quiet this morning. I know. <laughs> well, you know, Sheila has, um, she has written this book in, in the garden, and it was about the Garden of Gethsemane. And we were, we, I was actually there a few months ago in the garden, which was, it was, it's such a surreal place because mm. you realize that in this garden, 
Jesus prayed a, mm-hmm. significantly and he wept and he just all the emotions and even took his disciples, you know, a few of his disciples with him there. But um, one of the things that always stands out to me, because we just, we just did a conference a couple of weeks ago. We were just talking about, we were talking about prayer, mm-hmm. a lot of it, and the significance of, you know, how we need to pray boldly and pray that God were, would answer um, prayer. And yet, what if God doesn't answer in the way we, we want him to? And, and, and it's a great reminder when you go back to the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus prayed, because he was truly praying, God, I know what's about to happen to me which was the whole crucifixion. And I know what's, what, what it looks like, and I so don't want to do it. So if there's any way, you know, would you make this not happen? Mm-hmm. It would, could that be your will? Well, that won't happen. And um, Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice. <laughs> so, well, she, you know what's so funny? Even, even right now, as we're having all these fun, fun little, you know, communication <laughs> issues. I think it's it, very appropriate <laughs> today we're talking about the yeah. call to prayer. <laughs> Absolutely. But what, what is so interesting about that is that we are so bombarded with, you know, how, how to, how to communicate. And I know sometimes we, we are so overwhelmed in just with, through social media, it's like, okay, we need to put this on Twitter and then, Oh, I have a few minutes here. I'm just going to soak in Pinterest. And it's kind of like, well, I got to interrupt you there on the Pinterest because I discovered Pinterest a few months ago and been telling you, you've got to do this thing. And Pinterest actually is my reward at the end of the day if I've gotten my things done because it can really, it's so fun to get on there. So at the end of the day, if I've done all my little things, that I, my little checklist, I think then I go, okay, I'll get on Pinterest before I go to bed, you know. Um, and you have discovered it recently while well, I was gone, in fact. And I got on your little thing to see your little boards and your little pens. You went crazy. I love it, though. But I love some of your things. I was repenting you. You were repenting I was repenting you and liking I, you. I really don't know what I'm doing. And, and as a matter of fact, when you told me about it months ago, I, I signed up for it. And all of these things. <laughs> and then you like, didn't do anything about it. I didn't it. do anything because all of a sudden you get these things that people are following you and you're following other people. And you never did one. I'm not doing anything. So it's, it's kind of like a mind of its own. And it's just like, you know, figuring out who to follow or whatever. So I don't really quite understand it, but that's exactly what we do. We get bombarded. And like you said, when you finally have time, then you, then you get on Pinterest. There's always something we can be doing. We, we, you literally, you never can get bored with yourself because you're just like, on. there's so many options and so many things that really can crowd out, you know, some of the things that really are most important in the day. And so it's hard when you are in that prayer time and just being still to let your mind shut down because we, we've created this hyperactivity, this ADHD, this mindset that even when I just want to soak in Jesus, it's like you are praying and you're, you're getting into just that, that time with the Lord and a shopping list will hop in your head or, you know, hey, I really want to do that craft that I saw on Pinterest will hop in your head. And it's, it's hard to um, literally just go blank with your mind to be still. I find when I get still, I I find that I am pretty boring when I'm just still by myself and my mind Mm -hmm. goes so many different directions when, and I really want to just be still and just spend time like, you know, prayer, just focusing on the Lord and what is he, what, what do I need to, to say, but what do I want to hear from him? And that is just really a challenge. I think for all of us who just really want to hear from God because so many other things are screaming at us. And what is so interesting is as you sit and be still, then all of a sudden um, an alert goes off on your phone or something that you've set as a, you know, a schedule reminder, like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to call or I'm supposed to do that. And then 
that interrupts. So yeah. we have, we're constantly interrupted in life. Well, and I just heard a, a younger, he was in his 20s, make a comment the other day, and I thought, this is so true, that the more we spend time with the Lord and the more we discover him, the more mysterious he is, mm-hmm. and we just have to be okay with that. And I, I love that because it's so true. We, we, we want to go deeper with the Lord. We want to, f- we want to figure him out. We want to create God and put him in that box to fit our man-made. Create him in our own image yes. of what we think he should be. And, and I love it, that. It's mm-hmm. like get to know him better and then be okay that the more you know him, the more mysterious he is to really just go by faith. Because we want to put the answers to everything. Well, and I'm going to interrupt you right there because we're getting ready to take a break. And I know our phone lines are down. And this has been just fun to talk when we come back. Hopefully, Sheila will be joining us when we come back with this. But stay with us. You're listening to Girlfriend at Radio. This is Patty and Lisa. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. The Mary Beth Wells Hour is a talk radio show where we reach out, reach deep, and talk about topics of substance. We'll cover points of interest, such as World War II and the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the planets and the oceans, skydiving, rock climbing, and much, much more. Join me every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we delve into and discuss fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure. If you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio. We are talking about a call to relationship. And actually, we've kind of been all over the place talking about Pinterest and social media. But what we're really focusing on is, is the call to prayer and just our prayer lives. And we were just kind of talking about how so much of life interrupts us and interrupts um, us as we really try to pursue just having um, a time of prayer with, with God. And our first guest, Sheila Jones, is just so passionate about prayer. And she's written books. She speaks on it. And you can find her all over the place. But generally, when we have developed a passion that lives inside of us, it comes as a result of a life experience or situation. And Sheila, you are passionate about prayer. Can you give us a little background on why you are so passionate about this? Absolutely. It began, oh my goodness, over 20 years ago. Um, my mother had just died. She was only 51 and died three weeks after uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor. Mm. And of course, I was devastated, you know, and it was like my world crashed <laughs> and everything that I knew as security just lost, you know, and I had grown up in church. I was there every time the doors opened. My mother made sure of that. And but I did not have a relationship, as you just mentioned. I I had a religion and didn't know it until everything that I held dear was taken away. And in the midst of just falling apart, uh, my marriage soon began to fall apart. Uh, there were some health issues with my daughter and my dad and myself. I had cancer, mm. uh, so it was it was a year of just one crisis, devastating thing after another. And all that I can tell you is I fell on the floor one day, literally face down on the carpet, and I cried out, God, if you are there, you got to help me because mm-hmm. I can't live one more day like this. And I can just tell you, he met me on that floor. Mm-hmm. And after I don't know how long of just weeping, the woman who got up was not the same woman who mm-hmm. went down. And he... And that time period, that brief moment, put a passion in my heart for him and for his word that I did not know could ever exist. I I ran out the very next day, bought a a brand new Bible, came home, and began to read it as if he were there. And I'd never done that before. And, you know, just searching for him and hungering for him and just expecting him you know, to do something, because he had met me on that floor, and I thought, well, if he did it once, he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. And he did, time after time after time. And so I can honestly say I am passionate for prayer because it was that simple little prayer that changed my entire life. And I have never been the same since that moment on that floor. Wow. You know, what I love that you just said is that you expected him. And so many yes. times, you know, we do that. We we have those fetal position moments and um, we get into God's word, but then we just wait almost for, you know, the lightning bolt to strike rather than, you know, expecting it and engaging and actually opening our heart to what God is, is trying to um, wake us up to. So I love exactly. that. I love that. So that w- I was going to ask you that. What was the first thing that you did? And you already answered it. You you went out and you just bought a Bible and you just started yes. pouring into this Bible as if he was right there. Isn't that funny? Because he is right here all the time. But we we really have to conceptualize that. It, it had it had to be an effort. It it, uh, it it began every time I open the Bible. It begins with prayer. You know, Lord, I know you're here. 
you know, teach me something. You know, I want to see you on every page and every word. I want to see you, and I want to learn something new about you. And the, the very first thing that he just spoke volumes to me was in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3 at the fall. And it just hit me when he said, you know, the, the word said that they heard the sound of God, you know, walking in the garden. And he was coming to meet with them. And for someone who was 30 years old at the time, who, you know, knew Jesus as Lord and Savior since she was 10, you know, so for most of my life I had been a Christian, I did not know that he wanted to walk and talk with me. Mm -hmm. And that just, that was it. I mean, it's like, wow, you you did all of this, 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 the whole history of the Bible and everything you've done in the redemption is because you wanted to be with me. I didn't even want to be with me, but you <laughs> wanted to be with me. You know? and, and that amazed me that the God of the universe would want to walk and talk with me. And I, nothing, nothing prepared me for that except just the utter thrill of like, okay, if that's what you want, then I'll spend the rest of my life on that thrill ride. And we'll walk and talk together every day. Well, and that's pretty much what I've been. Well, love that you said it's a thrill ride because that absolutely is. Because so many times we have this perception of prayer that is that is really a misperception that it's boring. That you know sometimes God doesn't really listen. He doesn't answer. He doesn't really care. And it's so hard to wrap around. You know, like you said, the God of the universe because it's so he's so large that we we can't fathom that he would. He would even listen to me when, like you said, I don't even like myself sometimes. And But we, like Patty said earlier, sometimes we take the mystery out of God and we, we try to limit him and put him in a box, a box that we understand, and he will never fit in any box that we try to to create for him. And so prayer really is that. It, it really is that mystery every day and that thrill, right? And I love what you said about your story because it's, it's encouraging because God does transform lives. And he meets yeah. us in those ordinary moments, and he does miraculous things when we really expect him to show up. And that is so encouraging to so many people to hear because we find ourselves in situations that we look at and go, this is hopeless, but nothing is ever hopeless with God. And one of our listeners asked a question just now. She um, says for, for her, even though she has a plaque that says God understands our prayers, <clears throat> even when we can't find the words to say them, she says, I have a hard time listening to what God is telling me. So thank you, Heather, for that question. And Sheila, can you kind of help her out with how do we really pinpoint what God is trying to tell us? Well, it begins with a firm and and knowledge of God's Word. You know, every time you pray, you need to have God's Word open before you because He predominantly, not always, but He predominantly speaks through His Word, but He never counteracts His Word. So even if He would speak through the Spirit or through a sermon or, you know, through just that still small voice in your in your heart, it's always through the Word. So you definitely need to to spend the time in the Word, getting to know Him. And in my early, that those early weeks and months, like I said, you know, my marriage was falling apart. Everything was just chaotic at that time. But I spent hours a day in the Word. I didn't sleep much at night. I, I wanted to know this God. And I 
red, and I just kept saying, show me, show me. I just want to see you. I want to see you. I was so hungry for him. I just wanted to see him. And the bigger he got, the, the more I saw of him, the more I understood him, the more assurance that I had that I could come boldly into his presence, and I could lay myself at his feet. And he did lean down close, and he did hear and listen. And when he spoke, I knew it was him. And But it, it, it took time. It's not something you can just snap your fingers and expect God to just do in your life, you know, overnight. It takes that discipline of being in the Word and knowing him and striving for him and hungering for him and thirsting for him. And he satisfies with revealing more and more and more of himself. And then that assurance and confidence is there. Well, I have a question. I I hear what you're saying, you know, always have God's word open because we have to make sure that what we're hearing is the absolute truth. But do you, don't you feel that he also speaks through people? Oh, absolutely. He speaks through, he speaks through sermons. He speaks through, you know, messages and just friends, you know, sometimes he'll just send a friend over and say something and it'll just be, Oh my goodness, that has to have been God. Mm-hmm. But you won't recognize him if you are not familiar with him through his word. I and you, can, you can be so easily uh, swayed to follow a, a falsehood if you are not familiar with his word. So, uh, you know, he speaks through his word predominantly, but he speaks through circumstances. He speaks through, you know, other people. He speaks through that, like I said, the still small voice, uh, you know, but. It all has to be grounded firmly in his word. Mm-hmm. Well, and Sheila, I want to ask a question because I know so many people struggle with this. It's that, and we kind of alluded to this, is it's sitting down and being still um, mm-hmm. before God in prayer. And so many times when we sit down to be still, our mind rushes all over the place. And how do we practice that discipline of just being still? And we just have just a, a less than two minutes. It just kind of explains. You know, expand upon that. How do we truly be still and be in the moment with God? It is so hard to be in that moment. Yes, it is. And I struggle with that all the time. And I have been praying for hours a day for years, and I still struggle with that. So, you know, I want to encourage people with it is a lifetime struggle. But uh, because Satan wants us not to pray, that's where our power is. But Mm -hmm. I would suggest that praying aloud reading his word aloud to him that gets us focused. When our minds start to wonder, I start to pray aloud again. I start to sing praises again to bring myself back. And if I start thinking of things that I, oh, I should do this, I keep a piece of paper beside my Bible, and I'll just write it down. Oh, I need to do blah, 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 blah. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. I'll get to that after we are finished. You know, and once it's written down, then I can let it go. You know, I can know, okay, I'll pick up my paper afterwards, and I'll go do that. Mm-hmm. And so there's just some, some tricks, you know, disciplines that, you know, you can instill. But um, that's why I think it's so important to have the Word there, because when my mind starts to go, I'll come right back to the Word. Okay, okay, get me back focused on you, Lord, and I start reading it out loud. And it helps me every time. Well, Sheila, we just so appreciate your heart for prayer and your passion for prayer and how you just, you know, encourage others to just develop and 
and uh, discover just what it's, the difference of significant prayer life means and just our call to relationship with God. So it has been a delight to have you on our show today. And I know that people can find you by going to mydelightministries.com to learn more about what you're doing and, if, you know, to have you come and speak and share with them. And so we just, are, you know, appreciate you. And I just want to kind of close with this thing. Just uh, This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business today is a complex venture, and that's where all biz talk comes in. All Biz Talk helps businesses and individuals find the right path to their success and learn more about the ideas, products, and services used by today's top professionals. Success leaves clues, so if you want to be successful, it's always best to listen to the people who have already been where you want to be. Our hosts are unbiased and will ask the hard questions, taking your calls to help connect you with the right professionals, people who can help you get a better handle on your personal and business choices. All Biz Talk is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. Join All Biz Talk Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central at allbiztalk.com. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood. Real moms in the real world. You get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's real moms in the real world. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, our next guest, we have Alan McRae, and he is the founder and president of Life Impact. And Alan, you, you're just turning into one of a, a, our girlfriend buddies, so I hope that you're holding a coffee mug in front of you. <laughs> because uh, we just so enjoy having you on this show, but you have a graduate's degree in marriage, family, and, and you do child counseling, as well as many certifications. <laughs> certification. I put the wrong syllalalalabola on. On the wrong app. <laughs> Why don't you host a radio show? <laughs> I think you have a voice for radio. Not. 
<laughs> so, Alan, we'll just cut right in there. <laughs> you, okay. You have a book on prayer uh, that we just want to know what exactly compelled you to write this book, and you know, at what point did you feel like God just led you to go? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna share how to pray with others. Which, side note, by the way, I love the cover of that that book where that guy is leaning against the car and has his arms just open. You can just imagine what he's going through. Just kind of yes. either praising. Exhausted. Yes. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that book and the name of the book and why you were compelled to write it. Well, the name of the book is when you pray a call from uh, religion to relationship. And I think the thing that compelled me most was that so oftentimes we use that model of prayer that Jesus gave us as nothing more than a ritual or a religious exercise, when actually everything about that prayer is a call to a relationship with God. It starts off with a relationship call, our Father. Uh, he wants us to be in that kind of a relationship with Him. And so one of the things that I try to emphasize and do give examples of in the prayer is that we have to be careful that we don't project our fatherly image on him, but that we discover his fatherly characteristics and adapt them into that kind of a healthy relationship with God. We're so often guilty for having no other way of knowing, of taking whatever image that we had of our earthly father and projecting that onto our heavenly father of that being who he is. And he's not calling us to that kind of relationship. He wants to show us what a real father, a heavenly father, a perfect father can be or uh, is the model uh, for us earthly fathers to be. Does that make sense? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Unpack that a little bit more. Okay, so when we're, we're praying and we need to have the image of who God really is. How, how, do we, how do we do that? One of, one of the things that inspired me to write that was a number of years ago when I was pastoring in California, I had a Sunday school teacher. He came to me in tears. She was our junior boys teacher and had taught for many, many years. And she came to me after a Father's Day Sunday morning and, and was resigning her class in tears. And I said, what is wrong with you? And she said, I, I'm a failure as a teacher. She said, I asked my students to draw a picture of God the Father. And this funny little boy, he drew a picture of his dad. And it was kind of a, it's pretty good drawing for a little, uh, for a junior boy. But he drew his dad with a big beer belly and a beer can in his hand. <laughs> and he said, this was his picture of God the Father. And my teacher was mortified that uh, she thought she had, but that was an image of a father to him. And in the book, I illustrate another example of a middle-aged woman who came to me for counseling because she could not pray. And she was a a Christian, had taught in church, had taught in in Christian college, but she couldn't pray to God the Father because she had a negative image of a father relationship. Mm -hmm. And so she was... She was blocked in that area. She had a great relationship with Jesus, the elder brother, because she was actually raised by an elder brother, but her father had abandoned her at birth. 
and uh, had been told that story over and over again. So she did not have a healthy image of a Heavenly Father. So when God calls us and tells us when we pray that we're to have a father relationship, that is extremely important. Um, if we don't have a healthy relationship of God the Father, we'll never have a healthy relationship of ourselves, because fathers ideally are supposed to give us our identity. And when fathers fail to give us identity, we always grow up looking for identity from others. This is where a lot of young women get into trouble because they're looking for the validation from a male figure and they didn't get it from their father, so they end up looking for it from their male peers and they end up into giving themselves intimately trying to get a validation of their identity. And so they end up in relationships, not for sexual purposes, but for um, identity and value purposes. So they didn't get it from their fathers, so they're looking for it from other men or male peers. But you can't get it that way. You have to get it from understanding who God the Father is. And when we understand who he is, he tells us who we are. That is such a, you're right on, because as we talk with women so many times, that is exactly the case. And women just want to be affirmed. And when they aren't, especially when they don't think that their own father loves them, how can anybody else love them? Yes. And so they do, they, they try to fill that emptiness and that hole with everything else. And they think that, you know, another man is going to fill that up. And, and that is really the challenge is how do you get people to go, to change their image of God, because then they, they get in this spiral situation, and then you feel like so many people's perception of God is he, he wants to punish me now. And because, you know, an earthly father punished, but if I'm doing all this wrong, there's no way God could even love me. So it's such a, a vicious circle, cycle that just happens. And how do you, and like when you talk with especially young women or, or women even older, how do you help them stop that cycle and to start seeing God for who he really is? First of all, I take them to a very a great passage in Luke chapter 15. Jesus gave us three parables trying to help people understand who God the Father is. And he was dealing with the Pharisees and Sadducees who had this very neg negative image of God. And their idea was the more grotesque a sinner's death, the more satisfaction God got out of it. But Jesus said, let me tell you who my, who my father really is. Let me tell you what he's like. And he gave us the parable of the lost coin, the, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. And he said, here's who my father really is. He's a loving God. And then we have to get into those other passages where Jesus talks about the, the love of the father and how he loves us. And we have to start developing a different image of God. And that, that is a process of, of, of replacing value, old values and beliefs. Our old values and beliefs are developed at a very young age and stay with us until they're replaced. That's why Paul tells us in Romans 12, 2, that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We've got to 
get in there and deal with those old values and belief systems and replace them with new values and new beliefs about who God is. Until that happens, there is never transformation. One of the things that we're often guilty of in the church world, we give a lot of information and expect information to translate into transformation. But information does not guarantee transformation. We've got a lot of people sitting on church pews that's got a lot of information, but they are not living transformed lives. Mm-hmm. You're so right. And, and that, is, that is our challenge. And even uh, with people, and especially with talk about women, is who we surround ourselves with. Because part of that transformation is being in a community of healthy uh, people that will encourage us in that transformation as God starts speaking to our hearts and opening it up and, and speaking truth, we, we need those around us. We, we call them our cheerleaders in life to just help us keep that healthy perspective and see God because it, it's so tempting to go backwards um, as we know and just making sure, and, and that is a challenge of having healthy relationships in your life to keep to, so you can have a healthy relationship with God. Um, Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing too is Patty and I will talk so many times because you just see a lot of unhealthy, um, just life lifestyles and decisions. Women making a lot of decisions that just don't make sense, and and it's like, how do we st- stop that? How do we truly create communities of women that are making healthy choices? Um, you know, we see a lot of activity even on Facebook where people just flippantly say things or or post things and you just go really or do you understand what you're communicating Mm -hmm. and um there's just a lot to this to unpack that we talk about a lot of times but i I know you see a lot of this how do you address just how do we stay healthy just emotionally and spiritually we have to identify our emotional inhibitors the things that get us into a negative place emotionally And when we can identify those and how they are attached to our values and beliefs, in other words, if I'm in a a bad mood today, if I can identify what put me in a bad mood, and then I can identify my emotional uh, uh, helpers, the things that help me get out of that. And what we have to do is find those venues that are impacting us negatively and then find those venues that impact us positively and start making conscious decisions which one of those that we're going to stay in. And and so it, it's so easy for us to let our emotions get hijacked by, by events that just take us over, uh, either into uh, depression or anxiety or fear. Um, and then sometimes to excessiveness in life because we're not dealing with our real emotions. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com.
It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Information is power, the power to change your life. So be here for education to excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field. Little-known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to Excellence. Shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class. Learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth. Check out their website, education2excellence.com. Then join us for the show, Education to Excellence, with your host, Bruce Beichman. Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on toginet.com. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, we are talking with Alan McRae here this morning, and he is the founder and president of Life Impact. And Alan, I love what you said about discover and, and identify who is hijacking your thoughts and, you know, helping you to really focus on the the negativity. So I just want to unpack that a little bit more. How do we replace those negative values and thoughts and, and, and focus more on, on the way that God wants us to think? Okay. I'm going to give you some real nuts and bolts kind of stuff here that your listeners can actually tap into and begin to work with. And the first is, is to become awake or conscious to your behaviors. Most of us live our lives uh, in automatic drive, on autopilot. And we have to become awake to what our behaviors and thought patterns are. And here's a good way to do that. If you took, you take your emotional temperature throughout the day, like say 10, 2, and 4, 10 in the morning, 2 in the afternoon, uh, in the mid-afternoon, 4 o'clock, whatever hours you want to do it, just do it consistently and take your emotional temperature. What am I feeling right now? Don't wait till you're in a crisis, but what am I feeling right now? 
and look at the patterns. Am I feeling joy? Am I feeling happiness? Am I feeling fear? Am I feeling anxiety? Am I feeling pain? And if you become conscious of that, then the Holy Spirit can help you reveal to you what is what is driving that, that emotion at the moment. We can never change an emotion or a thought that we're not consciously aware of. Mm. So we have to become consciously aware of what's driving our behaviors. Now, once we become consciously aware, then we have a choice whether to continue with that or to replace it with something else. For example, if I'm in a sad mood at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm, I might be able to identify what's causing that. Mm-hmm. Or if it's at 4 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever time frames people said, it's fine as long as they do it each day on a consistent basis. If you did that on a two- to three-week basis, you'll start getting in touch and become aware. Self-awareness is a way of being able to become conscious. A friend of mine had a great quote. He said, the more self-aware we are, the more of God's wisdom we can walk in. Hmm. If we are not aware and awake to what's going on inside of us, then we are not controlling our our thoughts, our subconscious values and beliefs are controlling us. So why do I keep doing this same thing? Why do I keep falling into this same trap? Why do I keep going down this same path? Becoming aware of that and then changing, transforming. Here's what the scripture said transformation by the renewing of the mind changing that pattern and it has to be a conscious decision it'll never be it'll never be a subconscious decision so it takes a little work so when he's calling us to prayer he's actually calling us to be awake to the things in our life that's going on here and allowing God the Father to help us make the changes but we have to have a positive concept. If we have a negative concept of God the Father, we're going to continue going through negative responses. And just because you go to church doesn't mean you have a positive concept of God. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of the time you're going to probably have a negative one, um, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm kind of hard on churches, but I was a pastor for 40 years. So I have the moral authority to be hard on churches. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? So, go ahead. No, no, no. I I was going to say, these are such great things to become aware and awake, like you're saying, because we don't take the time to do that and to become students of our own emotions and our own feelings and thoughts. And, And let me tell you a myth that's out there that's been scientifically proven to be a myth. We have this myth that women are more in touch with their emotions than men are, and that's not true. Hmm. That's scientifically disproven. And just because you might be aware of your emotions do not mean that you're self-regulating your emotions. Hmm. So the, 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 the goal here is not only then to become aware, but then to be empowered to have self-regulation so that we are in charge. We're not trying to do away with emotions. There's a difference between knowing your emotions and being emotional. Mm -hmm. And 
when we know our emotions and we can take control, when we are not aware of them, then we become emotional to the point that our emotions get hijacked and, and we, we're going down this path of anger or, or, or jealousy or anxiety or fear that takes us completely out of ourselves and, you know, we end up saying, what in the world happened to me? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I go crazy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's easy too. It's like as I processing this, and you start identifying your emotions and your feelings. It is really easy to to kind of kick into that mode where you're just so hard on yourself, and you just get almost um, feeling. You, you That's know, an excellent point. Mm-hmm. And, and so I might address address it real quickly because absolutely. Once once you become aware of your emotions, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to start condemning yourself, judging yourself, shaming yourself. You will never change. This is extremely important. I can't emphasize this enough. You will never change an emotional response by condemnation. Hmm. You will only enhance it. Wow. So judgment here is not, not how we change. If beating ourselves up worked, we would all have changed. Mm. That is so true. So that never works. What does work here is mercy and grace. Mm. This is why Romans, in Romans 8 and 1, after Paul's big struggle in Romans 7, Romans 8 and 1 says, there is there now no condemnation that walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. The flesh always condemns and judges. The Spirit of God, properly applied, always gives grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. So change doesn't come by condemnation. Change comes by giving ourselves a little bit of, of grace and mercy. Well, and that's such great points. Don't, don't you... It's so much easier for us to extend grace and mercy to other people. It is very difficult to extend that to ourselves because we feel so unworthy. Or you feel like it's being selfish or it just feels a little odd. How do you do that? We have to quit listening to our internal critic. We have internalized many times that's a parent. Sometimes it's a teacher. Sometimes it's the church. Sometimes it's society. We've internalized this this critic that is constantly telling us how bad we are, how wrong we are, um, and how unjust um, things are. So we we can we've got to decide if we're going to listen to the internal critic or if we're going to replace that critic with a loving, healthy parental style of our own. In other words, we've got to become a better parent to ourselves. Mm, that's a great thought um, of doing that. Because, and especially as women, we're wired to, to nurture a lot of times and to in that parent mode, but we don't see ourselves as deserving of that. Yes. Can I give you a good way to do that? Absolutely. We're listening. <laughs> okay. If you get a picture of yourself as a child, whatever age that, that, that feels appropriate to you, you get a picture of yourself as a child and you start imagining 
the kind of parent you would like to be to that child, to yourself. And you start nurturing that child. It's called the inner child of the past. And all of us have one in us. And you start nurturing. In other words, women do this better than men. Men get a little weird with this. Uh, But the guys that I can get to do it, it works good for them. They start nurturing that child. It, it's, it's, it's like taking, I've even had women have, have, have done this with, they'll take a doll and they'll start treating that doll like they wish they had been treated as a, as, a, as a child or as a baby. And so you start nurturing, no judgment, no condemnation, getting rid of all of that, and just being the loving parent to that child. Sometimes a picture helps, sometimes an object helps, but you start nurturing. That starts giving a different mindset and a different pattern to our thought processes. It's a powerful, powerful tool to use. Mm. Does that make any sense to you? Yes, it does. And, you know, we could just keep going with our dialogue here. We just have just a few seconds, actually, Alan, till um, we have to end our show. And it's like Patty said earlier, you're such a favorite, such a girlfriend with us. You just speak into <laughs> women's life in such a powerful way. It's just so great to have coffee time with you. Um, we want to, again, let our listeners know about, about you, how to reach you, um, lifeimpact.com, and by going to our website, too, at girlfriended.com. And also your book, um, they can, we're going to have, encourage women to go to our Facebook, our Girlfriend at Facebook, and find information because we want to get a copy to some women here. And it's When You Pray, From Religion to Relationship Through Prayer. And that's such a powerful title and a t- just powerful thoughts inside. So, we again, we just want to thank you. Um, just well, being on the show and speaking truth into so many lives that are listening here. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to do so. Well, one one thing that you would just like to tell tell our listeners as they leave, just to encourage them in their prayer life, what would that be? Get a good, healthy concept of who you are. God created you. You are in his image. Whether you're a believer or non-believer doesn't matter. You are still created in the image of God, and you know there's something great in you, and it wants to come out of you. Mm. Very well said. Thank you for just, again, for being with us. Thank you to all of you listening to our show today. This is Girlfriend at Radio. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's to-